0: You're listening to the Running With The Herd podcast, powered up by Herd Nation, a part of the Rivals Network. This Running With The Herd podcast is sponsored by Mike Wynn Insurance Agency. For the latest interviews, commentary, and analysis on Marshall University athletics, here is, without further ado, the Running With The Herd podcast. Aaron Coleman here in the Running With The Herd podcast, powered up by Herd Nation, a part of the Rivals Network. The Running with the Herd podcast is sponsored by Mike Gwynn Insurance Agency. And we have a very special guest here in the podcast. And it is 11-year NFL veteran, former Marshall tight end Lee Smith. First of all, Lee, congratulations on your retirement and welcome to the podcast.
1: I appreciate it, brother. Thanks for having me.
0: Absolutely. And And uh, in your stops in uh, Buffalo, Oakland, and Atlanta, a uh, fun one to start us off with best story from the road family friendly story keep this in mind but i interviewed chad pennington and doug chapman for the running with the herd podcast a couple of years ago and they shared a story from on the road about um sharing a toothbrush so if you got a good story from the road let me know
1: oh man there's there's so many over the years you know i joke all the time about how i've forgotten enough things to write two books about um the family friendly part is where it makes it hard (laughs) since Chad and all those boys were were in the league you know we don't have to share rooms anymore the NFL's getting in their piggy bank a little more to to uh to uh put us in our separate rooms but at Marshall I remember me and Cody Slate were were sharing a room one time and you know I had to go use the restroom and he didn't realize I was in there and he kind of walked in on me while I was, you know, trying to wrap up, you know, going number two. So that was a little <laughs> awkward at a moment I'll never forget. That was about as family friendly as I can get. But Cody, uh Cody got to know, see my wiping techniques accidentally busted in the bathroom to pee. <laughs>
0: That's crazy. Uh and the crazy thing about uh both you and Cody made it to the NFL. So did you did you see him down the road when you when he was playing in the league or no?
1: You know, uh, it's it's such a small world with this brotherhood as players. Obviously, me and Cody spent four years together at Marshall, uh, and uh, I'll always consider him a brother. I try to try to reach out to him and get with him anytime I come back. He was at my he was at my wedding. I was at his wedding, and uh, obviously, him and his bride and and I've started their family there uh, outskirts of Huntington. So that's always going to be one of my Forever Brothers that I spent a lot of time with. We went through a lot of things together. Uh, but as far as during our NFL journey, um, I don't I don't remember crossing paths too much, but we were both kind of locked in and, and doing our thing. You can't come up for air too much if you want to hang around in this business.
0: Absolutely, for sure. And uh, when did you know it was time for you to step away from the game um, when you were with Atlanta, Lee?
1: You know, I was, you know, my wife still says she doesn't believe me until, you know, football games are being played, and I'm not a part of it. Um, I've been retiring for years, but, you know, after I got my 10th season, which was, was kind of, I don't know if it's ego or checking a box or what it is, but it seems like the majority of guys that I've been around throughout my career, we, we all want 10 years. And as you get closer and closer, it's like, you know, it's just that double-digit number to kind of be able to, to know when you go to bed at night and when you're, you know talking to your kids, you know, you play double digits in the NFL, which is super cool, and obviously a blessing, and not many people get to do it, so after I got that 10 in Buffalo last year, I was, I was ready, unless the good Lord put the perfect situation in front of me, and kind of let the guys up in Buffalo know that, that I was, I was most likely retiring, and then this Atlanta thing became a possibility, so we prayed about it a bunch as a family, and, uh, you know, once the trade kind of got real, and, uh, talk to my kids and all of them we're, were all in for, for one more kind of experience you know down here in the south where we grew up uh, Tennessee's home for us so we'll, we'll live in Tennessee forever my mm-hmm. kids have lived in Tennessee uh, every off season of my career so said, you know what dad as long as it's not snowy Buffalo or you're not moving us out west or anything like that as long as we can be right down the road from home we'll go do one more so it's a family decision and uh, there was no big secret. It was just one of those deals where we were going to play one more season and I was going to give everything I had to it and, and never look back. And just God put so many little things in front of me and on me throughout this season that just kind of put the nail in the coffin, so to speak. It was I already knew it was it, but all the little things that kind of happened and, and my plans post-ball here was doing some cool stuff in my community back home. So it's time, man. It's, it's just not my top priority anymore.
0: Gotcha, gotcha. And your football journey started early, and your dad played in the NFL as well. What was it about the game that grabbed you from a young age?
1: You know, um, not, to, not to get too personal, but we went, went through some, some things as a kid with, with my dad's transition out of the NFL. Um, he, uh, he was a great man and one of the best men I've ever known in my entire life. Mm. Still, a that I try to emulate, you know, as an adult here. Uh, but that was that was during his NFL career and shortly after. But you know, he kind of the alcohol kind of grabbed him, and it kind of turned sideways on him, and unfortunately, he became uh, the worst version of himself, and that that trickled down to me. I was, I was the oldest son. I was the I was the one that was you know six foot five and stared him in the eyes. So. I don't know, I guess in some of those moments he thought I was a grown man, and I sure wasn't. So, football was kind of my release and my place to go whip other people because I was tired of what I was kind of going through at home. So, mm. I love the game. It's uh, been a huge part of my life since the day I was born. I was born my dad's rookie year in the NFL. So, uh, so football kind of blessed my family as a kid, and then uh, everything kind of went sideways there. When he retired, he was... That's statistic, I guess you could say, unfortunately, and it just didn't treat him well when he, when he walked away. He didn't get to walk away on his own terms like I have. They kind of kicked him out like they do most of us, but, um, but I love the game of football. It's something I'm passionate about. It's something I enjoy, but I think when I really started to fall in love with it was kind of during my dad's downfall with, with kind of our toxic household, and it was definitely a release to go whip somebody and not get in trouble for it, to be quite honest with you. I
0: hear you. I hear you. I teach at an alternative school up in uh, Ohio, uh, Lee, and I tell you what, one of the things that I could definitely uh, see this school having at some point down the road, and I've even talked to some people higher up about it is a football team because these kids have you know problems with anger and problems with you know toxic households like you've talked about in this and in other interviews and stuff. and I do think that it would be a good outlet for them. I really do.
1: Yeah, you know what, man? That's uh, you know, tell all those higher ups to call me. I'll have a nice long chat with them. Uh, Something tells me those higher ups probably didn't didn't grow up like most of those kids at your school you're teaching. And um, at at the end of the day, not everybody gets blessed with you know a happy mommy and daddy at home, uh, or much less a mommy and daddy at all. Right. So many single parent households in our communities. So many talks at households. I call it the beehive effect. It might look pleasant on the outside, but you bust that thing open, and the bees start pouring out. the The inside of some of these homes and things kids are going through, uh, you just you just couldn't fathom. And um, and typically, you know, when when they don't have anybody to steer them in the right direction, especially young males that uh, that have so much you know goofiness going on in their bodies and minds, anyways, I, I got. I got a teenage son and a bunch of uh, a bunch of teenage boys running around my house all the time, and all of them come from healthy backgrounds, and they're still idiots. Oh yeah. Uh, so, um, so when you don't have that healthy background, uh, athletics can be your safe place, and that's why I'm ready to retire, and you know, I'm building a gym down here, and I'm gonna, you know, uh, have have a twelve passenger van out in front of that alternative school, and. You know, some of the schools kind of in the inner city here in Knoxville and and grab some of those kiddos and bring them over and try to help them change their life through athletics like I was able to. But listen, man, if you're teaching in a place like that, you know, my suggestion to all those higher-ups you're talking about is go go through all those kids in that school and see how many of them's dads were around. Go through that kids in that school and and see how many of them are are living in houses that have more than, you know, 1,000 square feet. Like, let's not just bury them, you know. Uh, under under the jail and, and say good luck let's let's give them something that they can be passionate about and excited about and kids like that and kids that are going through things man when when they know they can't screw up again or else they're kicked off the team or else they won't have that one vice in life that kind of gives them peace which is what it was for me athletically then um then i think we might be getting to something gotcha
0: Talk about how you ended up in Marshall and your time there. I mean, you talked about one of your teammates and best friends, Cody Slate. Um, just talk about your time in Huntington and how that was for you.
1: It was great, man. That place saved my life. Um, you know, that Marshall and, and my wife and, and oldest son, Brody, um, that transition. And once I first got to Marshall, I, I still didn't really want to listen or do anything right. Um, you know, I got kicked out of the University of Tennessee shortly after I enrolled, never played a game for Tennessee, and ended up at Marshall, so um, so it was kind of last chance you, for me, I had been kicked out of out of Tennessee, and I kind of showed up on the doorstep up there with Coach Schneider and all those guys in 2000, oh lord, 2006, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, Coach Phil Ratliff, uh, God rest his soul, was, was probably the biggest mentor in my life yep. there in Huntington. He used to walked me to class and cussed me the whole way <laughs> uh, and you know and then he had me and and my, my young wife over for spaghetti dinner later that night he was just one of the most wonderful men in the world he was my coach there my entire five years so that man and, and Marshall University and and my wife deciding to to sign up for life with me and then she got pregnant shortly after we got married there my freshman year and we had two kids up there in Huntington and that place and, and the people and you know, South Walnut street, my my little oasis over on uh, South Walnut street, man, it was uh, great memories. Me and Alicia were kind of the mom and dad of the team. Cause we had, we were married with kids and she actually knew how to cook a home cooked meal as opposed to hot pockets and cheap beer. So, um, <laughs> so it was a really, really cool deal. And it's something that we will always consider a huge part of our lives.
0: For sure. And, uh, one of your mottos, you talked about it, um, on a different program was Faith Family Football. Uh, talk about that motto and what that means uh, to you personally, and just you know everything about it.
1: Yeah, I mean that's that the facility I'm building down here in Tennessee. Literally, as we speak, is it's triple F: Faith Family Football. And I always say it's in that order. Um, if it wasn't for Jesus, I would have no chance. I would be dead or in a ditch or in jail. Uh, you know if it wasn't for my family my wife and, and kids uh you know I, I don't know where i would have been but it probably wouldn't have been much better and uh and then football obviously has just been this catapult in my life that has allowed me to take my faith take my family that i didn't want to let down and, and once again find that safe place and that kind of oasis of like all right god all the you know kind of adversity and scars and demons and all those things in my life this is the one thing that can kind of help me change that and not only can i change it but i can go you know do a lot of good for a lot of other people if i just don't screw it up here on this last chance you've given me so listen man i know that when when i'm dialed in on my faith life and and i'm praying and i'm in my bible and you know, I'm in that church pew. On the well, are not much pews anymore. I haven't right. been to church for a while. It's like a it's like a concert. The first 20 minutes, then you're you know, it's a party in church these days, which is awesome. But uh, if I um, if if I got my faith life right, and me and my wife are right, then uh, I'm the baddest sob in town. Uh, <laughs> if my faith life's a little off, if if me and Mama aren't clicking on all cylinders, then then it just it just feels like I'm suffocating. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, that, that's the bottom line, man. Love Jesus. Have have a happy marriage, and do whatever it takes to take care of mama at home, and and spoil her, and love on her, and uh, and then your kids see the rewards. Your kids see the benefit, and and it's much easier to kick last butt, you know, when when you handle things in that order. And that third thing doesn't always have to be football. It's, it's going to be a million different things for a million different people. But uh. Uh, those first two non negotiable. If you want to if you want to be happy and, and really, really be able to handle adversity and, and handle life when it smacks you and punches you in the mouth.
0: For sure, definitely. And uh, one of the things, uh, like you talked about earlier on in the podcast, was uh, building the gym down in Knoxville, your hometown. Um, how's the project coming along? Um, has there uh, been shovels to the dirt yet or anything?
1: Oh, yeah, man, we're rolling. We're uh it's not quite 5 o'clock, so there's no grinding as we speak. Uh, doing a great job for me. I wanted to build a place that emulated an NFL facility, and mm-hmm. NFL atmosphere. That's no secret that, that NFL players struggle in their transition away. A lot of times, I watched it in my own household growing up. It ruined my family that my dad couldn't handle his transition and kind of turned to, to the wrong safe places. So uh, I was kind of a double whammy. I knew I wanted to help kids. I knew I wanted to give back to the community and make sure that – uh, that I could do some cool stuff, but also have a family to support and take care of, and wanted to build a really cool place that could kind of kill two birds with one stone man and be the best little athletic environment in town, uh, and then also figure out a way to do some scholarship stuff and, and figure out a way to, to reach out to the kids. Like I said, the athletics could change their life if they just get in the right environment. Uh-huh. Um, and that's that's what we're gonna do buddy we're we're all in i don't do much in moderation which is why drinking never did me never did me any favors so um so we're, we're all in we're, we're we're gonna go after it and, and do and do something really cool for this community so we're fired up down here
0: that's cool and you said that it's going to open in the summertime correct yeah. yep yep Cool. Yeah. Awesome. Looking forward to it. And uh, once you guys get something out on social media, as far as the opening of uh, this facility, I'll definitely share it with everybody I know. And, uh, you know, that kind of thing. So I'll definitely share it for sure. I appreciate you, my brother. Hey, no problem. No problem. Last question for you here, Lee. What was the player that you looked up that you looked forward to going up against in the NFL when you knew when you got your scouting report and you knew you were going to face a certain team or a certain player? What player did you really you say you know what I'm looking forward to going up against this guy even though he might be a pain in my butt for the next three hours or so? Probably Cameron Wake when he was down in Miami.
1: Okay. Um, Yeah, me and him had a lot of fun times playing against each other. Uh, uh, He was, you know, he he had leverage against me. He was explosive. Uh, It was just, it was an all-day sucker, and he was tough as nails. Uh, You know, he wasn't one of those defensive ends that was just trying to get sacks and waiting for third down. He played the game the right way, and uh, you know, played hard the whole game. So I knew it was going to be a fight. I knew I was going to be, you know, asleep on that plane on the way home but uh but there was just something about those battles with him and we were in the same division too so we played each other twice a year for a long time so he was always one that I looked forward to just because i knew if i could get him you know the rest of the season was going to be was going to be easy
0: lee smith our guest in the running with the herd podcast powered up by herd nation sponsored by mike Gwynn insurance agency Lee, this was a great conversation. Thank you so much for taking some time out of your day to join me. I certainly appreciate it. Best of luck to you with your facility down in Knoxville, and we'll talk to you again soon, hopefully.
1: Thanks, brother. I appreciate it. Have a
0: great day. Thanks for listening to the Running With The Herd podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at RWithTheHerd and also at HerdNation. Also like us on Facebook at with the Herd and at MarshallThunderingHerd at HerdNation. Thanks again, and go Herd.